Welcome to the Kinky Cast, a sexually explicit podcast for adults. You are listening to a weekly publication, produced every Friday morning. This is our weekly exploration in the kinky world of BDSM and alternative relationships. Today, we present episode 401. Floki the Toymaker and Fox Needles 101. Don't forget to stop by our webpage for information about this show and others. KinkyCast.com. Here's your host, Woody. Thanks, Max, and welcome to another edition of the Kinky Cast. Online with me, all the way from Australia, is Floki and Fox. How are you tonight, or morning, or whatever it is? Yes, a beautiful sunny day. Fantastic. The reason that I have contacted you is that a listener wrote in and said that we would like to have more information about needle play. And since you are one of the most artistic needle players that I have seen uh, online, I thought I'd contact you. Plus, you're um, uh, an old friend of the cast because our friend Phoenix Soul has been playing with you and talking to you for some time. Correct. Welcome to the cast for the first time. Thank Let's you. Let's be here. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get into needle play, you've got a, a lot of things going on, and, and you get into some edge play and things like that. How long have you been doing this? Uh, I've been in the scene for about for about five and a half years. I've been doing needle play for just under five years, off and on. Was that your first entree into the kinky world? It wasn't too far along because uh, my play partner at the time had an interest in it. She had uh, a background in medical training. She was a nurse, so infection control and things like that were pretty much under control, and she had the desire to do it. Um, like lots of things, you have to have the opportunity and took advantage of the opportunity. And that is a great thing when you have a willing partner and uh, you have an interest, and then off you go and you make some uh, some beautiful art. We'll put your uh, FET page up on our show page so that people can go and take a look at some of the artwork that you have done. Let's get down and talk about needle play, preparation, health concerns, and all that sort of stuff. If you just want to dive in, have at it. General infection controls, like if you have a wound of any description, pretty much apply. Uh, we prepare the area with an alcohol wipe to make sure that everything's right. Um, Positionally, I make up a template. So I can indicate to the, the bottom the extent of the work. So if somebody, if I did a thing on a Saturday night or something and they've got to go to work, then I can show to them, well, it'll go from here to there, whatever, and then that's, that's covered as well. Different parts of the body take needles differently. Most of our works, especially our larger works, tend to be on the back for a number of reasons, because larger amount of real estate and the fact that when the, the bottom's lying down, it makes it easier for access. Do the wipe down. Everything that comes in contact with the, um, the person's body. Uh, the template. The template's wiped down. We wear gloves, same as any sort of uh, medical procedure. Yeah, pretty much all of that sort of stuff. When we finish, it's an alcohol wipe down as well. All of the disposables, all the medical equipment is disposed of in a sharps container and all of the other stuff. Not much actually. Sometimes there's a small amount of blood, but it's sort of inconsistent. 
Sometimes you'll put one needle in and you get quite an amount of blood. Not often when going in. Um, sometimes you'll get a little bit. But it tends to be at the end, and that varies so much on some of the pages that we've taken because we tend to put those on a different profile for our more extreme play because, as you know, FET changed the ruling on blood, so they don't like to see blood on pictures. Um, we got pinged on a fairly regular basis, so we just put our stuff on another profile and marked it at friends only. That way we haven't had too much of a problem. But with the infection control as well, there's there's all the stuff in between. So yeah. I do most of the setup. So um, when it comes to setup, I do things like we've got a trolley that we put it all on to. And so, you know, it's, it's not just making sure that my skin's clean and that the stuff we're using is clean, but the stuff that it's going onto and coming off from. So the trolley is wiped down and the containers that the needles are in. So it's kind of got to be at every level because you've got to remember that you could be grabbing something nasty. If you if you put something down on a surface that isn't clean and then pick it up again, then you have to assume it's not clean. So they're all of the equipment that we use for stainless steel, the trolleys, the trays that we put the stuff in, it's all stainless steel. Now, the two of you are uh, fluid-bonded partners, but mm. if one were to play with somebody that you don't know, there are bloodborne disease issues that need to be addressed. We both have all of the hepatitis uh, in vaccinations. If I was playing with somebody that I didn't know, and early on I did, if I went to an event some nights I would do three or four works, I would usually ask about various conditions, so obviously if they're on blood thinners or the diabetics or, or whatever, uh, you try and find out all of that information. Yeah. When I was doing them at events, I might do an introduction to needle play, as few as one needle to as many as 100. Uh, it just depends. Uh, some people that have had little experience with it. Um, I did one once where a lady had lots of tattoos and piercings, so obviously they were fairly familiar with those sorts of processes. It's different with some people. Uh, well, when I was doing it on, at events, some people uh, would actually have genuine needle phobias, so they'd watch for about one second and disappear. Others would look through with parted fingers. So it's a little bit of a mental aspect as well. Curiosity, pain level, that tends to vary. But I think in terms of the infection, about managing the health and safety yeah. thing, it was primarily around asking lots of questions and yeah. making sure that you knew the relevant bits of information yeah. around uh, that's sorry, <laughs> relevant bits of information. And I, but I think the same um, hygiene process is yeah. followed because I think the places that you used to do that at it was mainly events where they were would have a medical room that was dedicated, so it would um, have good lighting and stainless steel trolleys and etc. and sharps containers mm. and alcohol and you know gloves and so I don't know that it was all that different to what we do except for making sure that you knew the key pieces of information relevant to the person that you know that, that you were hmm. doing the work on. And it's a thing where it's not for everyone. Some people are just curious and some people actually like the process because there can be an endorphin rush with it but uh, that's something that that Fox knows more about than I do. 
yeah, the, the general sort of hygiene and infection control, I've never had any issues with anyone having an, any adverse reactions. The aftercare of the wounds and stuff is pretty basic. They're relatively small puncture wounds. Blood stops flowing pretty quickly within, I haven't had any real problems past about maybe five minutes. Yeah, and that's why it's important to make sure they're not on blood thinners because you could have a real, oh, yeah, yeah. real issue yeah. there. You talked about uh, the back as a canvas, and so you could have some very complex designs. Uh, how many needles are you talking about? Up to about 150 needles, something like that. And various sizes. Various sizes. As I said earlier, uh, what we tend to do now is try and keep in the 20s. So, that's, so from I, I had a look to yeah. see what so so the twenty gauge is point uh, nine of a mil thick um, in terms of weight, and we go up to the twenty five, which is about half a mil, point five mil thick. Just so people want to get a picture. Yeah, that's uh, down in the human hair category. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. they're pre they're pretty fine. Once you get over the twenty gauge, then they start to climb a bit more. So by the time you get to a seventeen gauge. Or an 18 gauge, you're sort of getting towards the one and a half mil. That's a bit more substantial. For the people that are new to gauge sizes, the smaller the number, the larger. That's yeah. correct, yeah. Yeah. And they're color coded. So when we do a design, we select the colors. So sometimes we use contrasting colors, sometimes we'll do alternating, sometimes we'll do a group area. But the majority of those are now selected by Fox. I might put in some suggestions as to uh, what colour combinations I prefer. But ultimately, virtually from the very beginning, I've left that to the person that I'm doing the work for. So if they want it on their back, on their wherever. I've done a couple of legs. I've done some belly. I've done some intimate stuff, but that tends not to be um, artistic. So, And I've done boobs. I can't say I've done much apart from that. Back tends to be best. Boobs tend to be the easiest because you don't have the the muscle issue and all of that sort of stuff. And I think that's a that is, I think there's a bit of an age thing there because I'm older and I think some a lot of the people that we associate with are a bit older. You know, your skin's a bit looser. Uh, it might be different if you're young and tight and taut and terrific. I just Hate for people to think, oh, that'll be easy, I'll do that. It might not be for everyone. Yeah, and the variation between people can be very different. With what ladies, it can have a bit to do with their cycle as well, where they are, uh, position on the body, uh, the mm -hmm. gauge of the needle, all of those sorts of things can vary the, the experience. When you're doing a, a breast design, you typically do a needle that just goes under the skin and then back out. Uh, but I have seen, seen some people that have pressed the needle straight into the breast uh, and even some right in the middle of the nipple, which it has to be painful. <laughs> uh, we'll put it this way. Um, I've done a few straight-in ones. They tend not to hold, and because breast tissue doesn't have much in the way of muscle, um, it's quite a different sensation. Most of the people that I've talked to or done work on it, so the boobs tend to be the least painful. The least Obviously, painful, it, really? Yeah, if it's mm. in the nipple, yeah, sure. But anywhere else around it, 
No, it's not a problem. And the going straight through, the straight in, the ouchy bit is the going in and the coming out. So it doesn't really make much difference whether it's going through a very small bit of flesh, just sort of an in and out, or whether it's going right through the whole breast. It, it, I don't, in my experience, and it might be different for others, it, it doesn't really make much difference. We, we, did, we did one with very long needles and I was, I was really a bit nervous and, oh, my goodness, we're finally we're going to do this and I was really excited. And then it's like, oh, well, that was, that was a bit of an anti-climactic. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it was like I thought that was going to be really so challenging. That, that was with we got some rather long, I think they were 21? Gauge. Yeah, 21 gauge. But they were about, in your using the imperial system, were about five inches long. So they actually went right through both ways. So we did, I think there was about five or six in each. So yeah, about 10 all up. Yeah. But it wasn't. So, yeah, you might think that if it's going deeper. That now, again, I think it would be different in different parts of your body where you have different muscle um, structures because when stuff starts to cut through or across muscle, then, then you're in for different sensations. And, of course, you know, the, the deeper you go and... You've got to be careful. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you can start to think. You've got to start to think about nerves and yeah. That that's it. You have nerves and blood vessels and things like that 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 uh, you really have to be careful with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As a rule, we tend to avoid the spinal area. So I, I try and split the design so if there is some around that, that there's very few. We've actually done some designs that actually part that section completely, but the majority of the ones, as we say. Because at the moment we've reached the, the maximum area of the canvas. So that's, again, in Imperial, about a foot in diameter. That seems to be about the maximum working area. And then we've been tending to use that fairly well. Uh, we did one fairly recently that was only, there was three elements to it. And we actually did a, an adornment of uh, a few things that we actually hung off and it. So we added some yeah. um, pretty, some, some dangly. Um, things on some cord, so the sorts of things you'd use in crafts. Yeah, like I think if there's a stag and a few other bits and pieces, yeah. leaves and stuff we've made up yeah. prior to that. So you're using ribbons and threads and things to oh, yeah, go yes, around yeah, these yeah, and and yeah. make uh, very interesting artwork. I went to an event once, uh, and in the main dungeon room, uh, they had one girl uh, hooked up as a harp. So they had wow. needles down the back, and then each yeah. thread went up to her toe, which was pulled over her back. <laughs> and it was an amazing thing. Very flexible by the sound of things, yes. Uh, we haven't done too much on that, and just for those that are new to it, face needles. Oh, yes. yes. Well, and because you, you need a very specific yeah. set of information yeah. of knowledge to there are so many nerves running through your cheeks and different places there and if you hit one somebody could get an odd smile yeah well that's what i mean you could end up with bell's palsy yeah and so, that's not a good look mm -hmm. so, so some people might have a very good knowledge of mm -hmm. things but yes yeah, so. uh, there tends to be two a dividing needle play some is very much the sadistic side where it's all about pure pain so they use heavier gauge needles like piercing needles and hooks and all that sort of stuff. Suspensions and things like that, uh, not something that I'd ever venture into because, well, ripped muscles and stuff like that. I think for the short-term thrill, 
the potential of a long-term disability doesn't. But again, there might be some. There are people who have yeah. a lot of knowledge and can bridge those gaps. Yeah. It's not not an area that I'd be interested in traveling to. I once uh, was at a party and they used a saddle block needle, which I guess is like that one you had that's about five yeah. inches long, and uh, they ran it through the guy's nuts. Yeah. All the way through the middle. Mm. And every guy that saw it was cringing at the time. Yes, 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 yes. Look, we have all sorts of range of people with all sorts of different uh, takes on things. We've done some fairly extreme things. Uh, well, I suppose others would consider some of them exploratory, some of them, you know, just a gradual stepping up, ramping up of things. But we like the, the results that we get now. Um, it's getting a little bit more difficult to come up with new designs. We've been on a theme of nine-pointed stars for uh, a couple of works. But you'll say, oh, I'm running out of ideas, and then in a few days you'll say, oh, hang on a moment, I've got an idea. So, you know, it's um, when he says, oh, I'm running out of ideas, I think, yeah, no. <laughs> Geometric <laughs> patterns have lots of possibilities. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's lots of lots of forms. I think you are a limited. You're limited a little bit because you've got to think of the length of the needle. It's not just the outline, but you 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 talk a lot about um, making sure that the needles, the way that they bunch together, like if you're doing sort of um, some sort of arc in the design, or coming to some sort of point, making sure that they're not all hmm. sort of. Smushing in together and getting messy, and um, so so there are there are some limiting factors, which mm. is why I think often you do sort of a circular thing because that's easier to get an even. Advice for people that want to get into needle play: you have the top and you have the bottom. Uh, so how would people get into play? It's I suppose making contact. It's like anything; you've got to have the opportunity. So somebody who has some sort of expertise in it. Um, obviously, if you look at the community, ask a few questions, maybe go to a few events. Needle play used to be quite popular here when I started. That was about, you know, getting towards five years ago. Then not so. Um, so I didn't do any for about a maybe a year or two, but Fox quite liked the the idea of it and, We've basically, during lockdown, we've been doing one a week pretty much. Mm -hmm. But I think if people wanted to get into it, I think the first thing to do, I mean, I, I think there's two cases. There's the case in which you're sort of a single person looking for an experience, in which case I think you're going to look for somebody who's got experience and you're going to watch them doing things and you're going to talk to the person who at the bottom, um, if, you, if you're the bottom um, because I'm thinking from that point of view, um, you know, and, and get a good sense of safety because this is about someone sticking needles in you, right, and that there are nerves, <laughs> there are considerations around, you know, whether you're going to have something visible when you go to work the next day or, or you need to be able to trust. Um, I suppose it would run the same way for the top. I mean, the top doesn't want to find themselves in a situation where they think everything's okay and suddenly somebody you know, is on blood thinners and they just didn't think to tell you, even when you asked. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think everyone needs to be very, very um, aware of the person that they're interacting with. And it's probably not something to do just on a whim. 
<laughs> um, but to be and, and to know that you can have a good conversation with that person and feel heard um, and feel that you're able to speak. I think, you know, I think that there's standard things with any play, hmm. but I think with needles, of course, you know, as a thing. I think the second case is if you're a couple who maybe want to explore, don't necessarily want to go outside of your dynamic to do that, in which case you'd start very, very small. You'd maybe talk to some people, find, you know, um, even if it's just online, who've done it before, start, don't, don't be ambitious, get get very light needles, so the very thinner ones, the, the much thinner ones, and be ready for the fact that you might not like it. <laughs> and a first aid kit. Oh, yes, yes. a first aid yeah. kit and... Um, and alcohol, I mean, it, it's all about making sure that you don't get anything in to the point, the puncture area. So making sure everything's clean, you know, you don't just sort of make some space on your kitchen bench <laughs> and start whacking them in. You want to have a, a space that you've set to the side, that you've cleaned, that you're not going to be interrupted, that you're not going to suddenly have the cat jump on the trolley and leave cat hair everywhere um, or the kids run in and be traumatised or, you know, you know, like any of these things, you, you know, same, the same bit, although I don't know, some people would question the sanity mm. of sticking needles in in the first place. And when we say safe, sane and consensual, you know, we, we sane is kind of a, a rubbery thing there. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. But I think the, so I, I think there is room to do things if you don't have experience because there are going to be couples. But then, I, you know, you're going to presumably know each other really well. And you're going to approach it in a very careful manner um, and, and not just leap in with You're not going to just grab the really thick heavy ones and go, wow, this looks really cool. I'm going to just stick this, hmm. you, know, in, you know, right across your spine. <laughs> yeah. If you do anything that isn't just under the skin and back up, anytime you go into the body, that be really aware of what you're doing. Talk to experts. Find a mentor that can guide you a little bit because it could go horribly wrong. Hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Some places have workshops where you can actually learn a little. That would be ideal. We've actually ran two needle nights at our place. The first one was from someone we knew just had an interest and said, well, you know, I'd like to do this. Would you show me how? Hmm. And then we did another one that was a little more open. Things that we do tend to be via invitation only. Or application. Application. So, so we, we, we started these needle nights. We're probably going to do more, but it's a case of people nominate that they're interested in coming. We'll, we'll take a look at them. We'll do a bit of vetting. Um, we might, if we can't get a lot of information about them, we might ask them some questions. And generally, it ends up very small, like half a dozen of us. But it means that new people have a chance to see and they get to so they have a reference point for good practice in terms of um, hygiene um, and those kinds of things and then maybe even an opportunity to see what it feels like because mm. sometimes you don't necessarily want to do a work you might just say well just put a needle in and <laughs> in the, the first instance a friend actually uh, did a work I sort of selected it a sort of simple design and then supervised her in doing it with the another friend that actually volunteered to be the bottom. And since then, um, at our second instance, she co-topped with somebody else. I did a little bit on a, the process of 
how I make the designs, how I transfer the designs onto the body, and then the procedure of going through it, obviously, the preparation, et cetera, et cetera. So you stepped them through. Yeah, stepped them through. And, and if you have that kind of opportunity, I think that's going to be the ideal. I'm just aware of the fact that there's a lot of people who live in areas where there aren't necessarily opportunities for that. So, um, yeah. yeah, so you want to. But I suppose there's online. You can always show, you can always show yeah. do stuff. And be aware that there are sort of two different schools to needle play. Some have got the artistic and some have got the sadistic. So. One's a little bit, obviously, the, the area that we prefer to play and the majority of the stuff is in the artistic side. Um, the other's fun too. Yes. And we've found that it's appreciated. We've had people from almost every country in the world. I've found it's a 1% of a 1%. So of the kink community, that's sort of maybe 1% of the population or less. And needle play tends to be about 1% of that. So it's never going to have a huge interest. The NCSF up here did a study on the number of kinksters in the population, and the number in the U.S. is about 30%. Yeah, it doesn't actually surprise me because, yeah, there's uh, we think it's of the 1% because that's what we see. But there's a lot that goes on behind okay. the closed doors. Also, what is the barrier for what a kinkster? You know, if you've ever put a blindfold on during sex, are you kinky? And I, yeah. you know, I think practically <laughs> yeah. a lot of people did that. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. The other thing in Australia is too that uh, it's a very spread population, and it's really quite odd in that Sydney has got five and a half million people, so that's twenty percent of the population, which is rather unusual. It'd be like America having what, like fifty million people in one in one city. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. really odd. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so the way people are spread out in an area will determine how much opportunity you've got. As well. A lot of kangaroos between cities. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. And there's not a lot of money in it, especially with Running lockdown. Running events. And um, yeah. Most places will pretty much disappear once that have actually bitten the bullet and taken out a lease on a premises. Of, and basically for the last three months or so, have had zero return. It's a difficult situation. So it kind of pushed kink underground, being that we, we can't get places to get our kink on. Mm. Some of the public dungeons around the area are open on a limited basis. You know, there's a lot of cleaning going on and, and limited numbers and that sort of thing. And uh, I am going to a, a big convention in October uh, where there will be a few thousand people. And so I'm curious to see how that can be managed. Mm. Well, I was. I, I just saw today that there was at the um, a big concert in San Diego or something with hundreds of thousands of people. Everyone was worried that it was going to be a super spreader, but that it was a vaccine certificate thing, and there were very, very like two hundred cases rather than what could have been the case. So I think we. I think people are starting to work out ways to manage these things. But I think in Australia, just what you were talking about with places. I think increasingly things will move to play parties, to private kind of um, things, and it'll be interesting to see how that affects the, you know, the landscape. The one thing I want to say about these smaller gatherings and homes and things, be a little bit careful if you're a newbie going to somebody's house. Yes. You, you agree with that? You want to make sure you'll be able to walk out again. Yes, with all your parts. 
Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> it, it does sort of work both ways too, that uh, you don't know. Who you're inviting in. Who you're inviting exactly. in. That, that's why we do betting. It's When we run a thing, it's not a financial thing. No, there's no money in it. If we're lucky, it doesn't cost us too much because <laughs> we don't charge admission we don't. when we have an event. Well, we don't have events as such. We've had gatherings. We've had gatherings. It's a collection of friends that get together. Uh, we happen to be in the uh, privileged position of having a facility, and ours is fairly unique in that uh, it can be private. And and I think, yeah, that we've got the, the needles, the capacity for the needles stuff there. Yeah. It's, um, but, yeah, the landscape has certainly changed. And I think you're right, going into people's homes can be very, very risky. You you know, um, I don't know. I don't know that there is ultimately any really safe way. You're always going to be taking some kind of risk. And um, so, of course, you're just going to minimise that just as possible. Mm. But, yeah, it is going to make, especially, I suppose, some of the more edge stuff like needle play, um, whatever else is is an even greater risk then, isn't it? Because anyway, there, that's some doom and gloom. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, we're in an area where we could actually die if we play wrong. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So we have to weigh yeah. the risk. Risk aware consensual kink. Yeah. yeah. Well, some of the post things that we see and um, some of the more extreme things, you think, you're kidding, mate. You could die. <laughs> it seems like a good idea, but will it seem like a good idea? This is not reversible. You know, mm-hmm. in six months' time, you think, "Oh, that wasn't too and, good." Yeah. Well, being that I know somebody that did die, that hit pretty close. Well, if you're a seasoned player and you playing with seasoned players, then you might take a few more risks. But certainly, yeah, if you're a newbie, uh, I don't know. And even just going to some munches, even if you don't get to play. Even if there's not many places for play events, then I at least think munches will continue. Um, yes, but observe. Anybody that's new, observe, talk to people, find a mentor, talk to whoever runs the munch to get to introduce you to people that know what they're doing in a particular area. Don't be afraid to ask, hey, is that person all right? And don't be too eager to try everything at once. No. <laughs> Go slow. Frenzy is not a good thing in this case. No. Before we run away, I, I want to say that uh, on FET, you are Floki the toy maker. I am seriously jealous. You have some head boxes that you make. <laughs> and sensory deprivation is like one of my favorite things. And to put a box that has uh, a little bit of sound insulation in it and it closes up light tight, it takes you into a whole different headspace. Mm-hmm. And... Big fun. And it's also, look, there's also some really practical stuff with it. Like you say, some sound-absorbing qualities. Well, if you're going to do something that might create some yelping, it's going to minimise the risk of boys in blue knocking on the door <laughs> saying <laughs> Shut we have some complaints. And also then if you are filming stuff or taking pictures, it, it, it's great for anonymity. Yes. <laughs> and, of course, that's before you even start to think about the sensory stuff. And the sensory stuff, it's pretty because there's the there's the deprivation thing, but there's also an amplification thing. If there's any impact onto the onto the um, box itself, then it can amplify depending on what the box is made mm. out of. So there's all kinds of interesting things you can do with it. One of the other benefits, of course, of that is it does give face protection. So if we're yeah. if we're doing 
say, a frontal flogging, then you did get the odd stray shot Yeah. when you're using whips and whatnot. Yeah, so, so they can get away from you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So no for matter that, how good you for are. For that reason alone, we've tried a number of things. Initially, we just had like a little um, shield in front. But with the box is because I've found that depending on the position, we have one box for inclined. So we have a, a cradle bench, a cradle table that we use for, well, <laughs> so how will, we, how will we put it? In a thigh, upper in the thigh impact. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the more tender areas. Yeah. And then uh, both frontal standing and back standing because you get the neck and all of that sort of stuff. So, so I think, I mean, the boxes are really cool from a depriva sensory deprivation point of view, but they also have a lot of really practical um, <laughs> a benefit. And depending on how the box is built, you can control airflow and little things like that too. Oh, yeah, yes. well, it, it's not sealed around the bottom, so you've got the airflow. Oh, I know um, some that are some sealed around like the bottom it. and they actually have the ability to control air. Yeah, <laughs> that would be... I'm a bit funny with that one. I, yeah. I, I don't like the sensation. Um, so uh, so, so we don't do that. But, um, but, yeah, I certainly understand that some. I can see why. It's just one of those things that at the end of the day I don't like. <laughs> and then if, if, if you do get a panic situation, it gets a little bit more complicated to release. Most of mine now can be just moved out of position. Yeah. They're secured by one bolt that actually uses the power of the bolt against a nut to keep it in. So it's compression that keeps it there. And if there's any danger, it's just... Quick release. It's about, you know, one turn away from being off. Mm -hmm. yeah. This is the thing. Anytime we play like this, we need an out, a quick out. Yeah. And that's why people play with rope, have scissors and, and knives. Yeah. In the case of, of the needles, you know, you have the ability of first aid to stop bleeding, that sort of thing. Everybody has to have an out when they're doing yeah, yeah. this kind of play. And I think you also have to be prepared that no matter how prepared you are, stuff can still go wrong and, and you have to, that's where you've got to trust each other that ultimately if something did go wrong, you're not going to just let it happen. If you had to, you would go to hospital or, you know, as mortifying as that might be. <laughs> as Thankfully, we've never even got near needing that, but, you need to have every out, like you're saying, both in this in the scene itself that you can unlock things or remove things or whatever, but also that if if things if push came to shove, there have been moments where I've thought, God, if I had to get up and run with this back full of needles, that would be interesting. <laughs> yes, that would be. You know, there was suddenly a fire. You know, in certain parts of the world, we have earthquakes and different things like that. And uh, yeah. I, I lived out on the west coast of uh, the states in California where earthquakes are a thing. And I always yeah. made sure I had quick outs if we were doing <laughs> yes. any kind of tie-down bondage. Yeah. Also, just on the comment that we made on hospitals, if you need to go to the hospital, do not delay. Do not think that, oh, my God, I'm going to be embarrassed. All the medical professionals have seen it all. <laughs> there is nothing that you have that they haven't seen. That's it. How did they get that in there? <laughs> yes. Uh, digging things out of uh, rectums and uh, all yeah. that. Yes, they have done it. You know, ultimately, you've got to be better off with a bit of embarrassment than having to explain the body. <laughs> 
Well, and, and some people have let things go and it has gotten worse over the next few days. Yeah. So obviously, if you have, have a source of infection, that you treat it straight away. And if it's in a location, uh, when I first started doing it, the bottom that I was playing with then, we didn't live in the same locale. So obviously, they've got to observe it. Well, here, we are in a 24-7 situation where if she has a problem, then I can say, have a look at it, whatever. But we haven't had any any problems at all. And I don't know, we must have done 20 or more. We've done loads and we haven't had problems, but we are pretty careful, you know, with, with all the clean stuff. We did. You've done some piercings and things like that. You know, you, you learn over time how to, how to manage things and, and make sure that if something's getting a bit ouchy, that you, I, one of the things that I did that I think can be useful is uh, when I moved here, because I moved from another area, I interviewed my GP before I settled on my GP. And one of the things that I spoke to them about was this is my lifestyle and this is what I might be coming to you with. Are you going to be okay with that? And what was the answer? She was great. She was great. I, as I, and I explained to her because I, I know that if I just turn up with marks or something, you might and I'd say, oh, this is consensual, then that's, you know, it's easy to say. But if I, I'm telling you ahead of time. And she was great. She was really, really great. I was, I'd done a lot of research online first. This is really important. And uh, NCSF here in the States has uh, a list of kink-aware professionals, doctors, yep. lawyers, and counselors that you can go to that will not judge you by your kink. Uh, I know my doctor, I had to break them in. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you know, when I ask for uh, STI tests on a regular basis, they keep going, why? Because I want them is the answer. Yes. And now yes. they don't question it anymore. They just know that I'm weird. No. Well, it's, um, you know, and, and I think as well, it helps you if you need to get help. If, you, if you've set something up then with a particular doctor or whatever, then you are less likely to think, oh, no, now I've got to go and explain. If your doctor already has some idea, they can go in and say, you know that, you know that thing I spoke to you about? Well, I've had a bit of an issue. <laughs> and so you don't have to introduce them to it at that point. Um, hmm. You can introduce them to it in, in a, you know, when there's nothing happening. So um, I'm a big fan of interview your GP before you bring them on board. Uh, I had a friend who uh, went to do a scarification scene and yep. apparently the person that was doing it didn't know what they were doing. When you close off a circle in the skin, yep. imagine putting an O on your skin, yep. the center part of the O is going to die. It's called necrosis yep. because yep. The, the blood travels just under the surface of the skin. Yep. And if you yep. cauterize around it, you will kill the center. Yep. And I saw this after about two days. And it was black. Oh. It could have gone into a, a, a much worse condition that he got to the emergency room and had it taken care of. Has a huge scar now. Yeah. But he's yeah. still alive. And, and look, there might be times that you get it wrong. And, you know, it might even be silly. It might even be something, a story you're embarrassed to tell. But, mm -hmm. you, but you know, it happens. And I think the, the measure of someone that's, worth playing with is 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 that they'll acknowledge it and do something about it and then grow from the experience and then not be too precious about telling the story because then other people can be warned. 
the other thing, of course, is not to be too ambitious, yeah. either top or bottom. Mm. Work your way up. Don't start at 150 at 100% because you've got nowhere to go. So in anything that we do, we'll go to the edge, but you can't do the 100%. You've got to have somewhere to go. Yeah, when you get to the 80th needle and things are starting to go sideways, that's not good. Oh, no. Well, well we often there's um, often the design will be laid out in such a way that if it got to a point, we could say, well, we'll stop. So there might be three elements to the design. So, so you could stop at second and still have a really pretty, you know, if, if that's concerning you. I know the last one we did, we had some 17s at the end, which are some fairly heavy gauges. And it had been a long one for various reasons. It was sort of at the two, getting towards the two-hour mark, which is when I start to flag a bit and start to go, okay, the endorphins have gone back down now. <laughs> this is just hard. This is now just hard. This is now just difficult. And I've got to admit, I said to you, could you take a picture of it and show me because I want to see how necessary this colour is because if it's not, we, <laughs> we'll do something. And then I looked at it and went, I oh, actually know I really do want that colour in there. It was only nine needles, so I went, I'll just buckle up and do yeah. it. But, you, you know, be prepared to do that. Be prepared to say, you know, or it might be middle, you know, it doesn't have to be pretty, but there's you can actually build out points into, your, into designs so you can say, well, look, and this is something we've talked about um, with new people is how about, you know, we put together a design that starts off with three needles and then you could add another six to it if you wanted to make it more elaborate and then you could add so that they can kind of gauge. how far, After three, they might say, right, that's pretty, that's it. You need to leave yourself an out. You're getting in about 30 needles and, you know, make check in with the, your bottom, make sure everything's going well. Mm. If everything's fine, you can go on to the next level. But by the time you get, with 150 needles in there and you got ribbons wrapped around them and, and threads yeah. and all that. Just remember undoing all that quickly in case you have to, you may need some help and there is going to be blood. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Well, we always have, you know, the mats that they use at hospital, the, they have the blue underneath and the, the stuff under the absorbent mat. Yeah. So we have those, we have towels, we have towels that are dedicated for this stuff that um, are washed separately and, uh, you know, so these are all parts of the, the hygiene and, and preparation is making sure that you've got plenty of towels and that you have the absorbent things, that you have all the bits and pieces you could mm. possibly need so you're not suddenly having to deal with even just, look, not even just the safety thing, but, you know, supposing you're renting and you end up with a pool of blood on your on the carpet, I mean, you know, well, that's not going to be good. <laughs> not so good. Uh, murder was here, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, you've got to. There can be blood. We often don't get a lot, but you know, it doesn't take a lot to make a horrible mess. And who needs a horrible mess? And going back to the infection control thing, we always finish with a uh, alcohol wipe. So we use a, a spray bottle of alcohol, which also gives you a little added bite. If you like, um, if you like that sort challenge. of sensation, a little twinge. Yes, that's it. Yes. Well, guys, Floki and Fox, I want to thank you so much for being on the cast. You guys uh, got it going on down there. Our friends can check you out on FetLife, and uh, you know, there's uh, lots of pictures of some beautiful artwork that has been done to Fox, and perhaps some other people. Yep, some some bits yep. and pieces. Good to be on. So, yeah, lovely to meet you. Uh, a pleasure, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, okay. Look Thanks. To See you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
You have been listening to the Kinky Cast. For more information about this show, go to kinkycast.com. Views expressed are not representative of the management of the Kinky Cast, and we welcome guests with opposing viewpoints. The Kinky Cast is a production of Rooster in the Round. On behalf of all our Kinky crew, I'm Max.